0: The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all your soul with all your strength with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself and Jesus said to him you have given the right answer do this and you will live but wanting to justify himself he asked Jesus and who is my neighbor Jesus replied a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him beat him He went to him, bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. And then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Which of these three do you think? Was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers. And he said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, Go and do likewise. The gospel of the Lord. Hey, thank you to uh, this congregation uh, for your warm welcome. Um, I've been here since early this morning. Amen. Hey, man, I think I maybe I thought I was going to be the the third one in the house because of the, the, the number of cars I saw, um, but there was, there were some other folks already here and and tuning up, and the day just continues uh, to unfold. I want to bring you also greetings on behalf of our presiding uh, bishop uh, Elizabeth Eaton, uh, who actually today is at uh, a Martin Luther King. Uh, celebration uh, in Los Angeles that is uh, being jointly uh, hosted by our partners uh, from the Episcopal Church along with our ELCA presence uh, there in the Los Angeles community. Our um, vice president uh, for our ELCA uh, actually is uh, the guest preacher and uh, moderator for a conversation um, in Baltimore today. And so all over the country, we've got uh, these kinds of gatherings. Again, because, uh, again, taking uh, the opportunity to take some very intentional look at this challenge that is constantly before us. Not just to, to hear the word, but to be doers of the word. Not just to hear uh, the message, not just to to. Rightly be able to just to rightly recite um, the lesson or the creed, but to care enough to want to grow in our own capacity, our own God-given capacity to be what God intends for us to be—the Word made flesh. We are the body of Christ. Our our presiding bishop Elizabeth Eaton reminds us. That we are church, that we are Lutheran, that gives us a particular perspective and lens through which to see and to understand this call that God has on our life and this relationship in which we live, not only to God, but to one another. To understand, yes, that we are church, that we are Lutheran, but that, and that we are church together. Not separate and apart and isolated and just as individuals. As unique and as valuable as each individual is, we are also church together. And that we are church for the sake of the world. What a gift. What a gift. Thanks be to God. But this is the gospel lesson. In this gospel lesson we are we get to meet some folks (laughs) we don't really hear the voice of that one who was put upon and on this dangerous stretch of road coming out of Jerusalem down through the Jericho territory we don't get to hear the voice of that one who uh, who was beaten and robbed and stripped and left for dead. We don't get to hear his voice, but that's, that's true in a lot of ways of those who are vulnerable, the most vulnerable among us. Very often we don't get to hear the voice. Sometimes we talk about speaking and being a voice for those who uh, can't speak for themselves. And as, what, as needful as that is and as important as it is that we advocate and that we intercede and that we stand up and we speak out for those whose voice may be silenced by whatever and whatever has happened to bring it to that point. Our work is not done until we help to restore a voice. So that those who have been rendered silent by situations and circumstances not of their own making. But still hurtful and destructive and devaluing of human life. We have that responsibility. We have that capability. Not only as peacemakers. But as the intentional disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ we live and we work to the glory of God. It's not unusual though that we see Jesus turning a question into a challenge. This lawyer asked Jesus so who is my neighbor I mean really who is my neighbor and Jesus pushes him in such a way as to begin to consider some things or consider from a perspective that perhaps he had not seen or taken a look before Jesus really challenges him to to do some personal assessment. What kind of neighbor are you? What kind of neighbor are you to one who has had all that he has taken away? What kind of neighbor are you to one whom society counts as not counting having little or no value what kind of neighbor are you to the one who uh, whose voice has been stripped away we see the the examples the priest who who doesn't want to maybe get, to, I don't know, get his robes uh, soiled or, or the, doesn't want to take the risk of, of being rendered uh, what would be ritualistically unclean and, and not be able to go on with the, with, the, with the regularly scheduled program? You know, trouble can be very inconvenient. Hmm? Trouble can break in at the, at the most inconvenient time well not only the did the priest but also this levite just kind of passed by on the other side they saw this 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 man they saw this person but this man this person wasn't enough of a person for them to be drawn out of their comfort zone to do what this one needed. Sometimes the same thing happens not only to to individuals but it's possible that whole communities whole neighborhoods can be destabilized by A continued process, a continued season of benign neglect. Does that make sense to you? Here, benign neglect. It's not intended to be malicious. There's nothing uh, particularly, um, 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 you know, um, mean about it, except that it's neglect. And like anything that goes neglected, unattended, unrecognized, unacknowledged, it begins to diminish. I mean, this marvelous uh, edifice here, I mean, it, it looks pretty well ca- cared for, very well attended to, mm-hmm but with you know that thing what do we call it in, in church life you know church communities all over that uh, what do they call it uh, deferred maintenance <laughs> there's a budget stopper <laughs> you know all oh, well we'll get to it well we'll put that off or it's not the most exciting thing to do even as needful as it may be Well, just like if this wonderful edifice wasn't intentionally cared for, intentionally attended to, our relationships to one another as the beloved people of God. Because in God's sight, every life matters. Every life counts. And there's not even one individual that God loses sight of. Well, the priest passes by uh, trying not to make eye contact. Because, <laughs> you know, if you make eye contact, you, you got to say something. Not only trying to be uh, uh, be invisible, but but in silence. Not saying anything. Martin Luther King uh, Jr., in a in a book that he, he wrote uh, really while he was in jail in the Birmingham jail, uh, he started it and, and, and it was called The Strength to Love. he could have just as easily entitled it the intentionality of love. Because our God loves on purpose and with purpose. And the good news in this, what may seem like just a scathing indictment of the priest and the Levite, the good news is is that we get another opportunity. Because the need in the world is great and the opportunity for us to connect and to reconnect in spite of how we've been disconnected by forces and influences that often we don't fully even understand or maybe that may seem so daunting that we don't know where to start or how to start a conversation. Across lines of race and ethnicity and class and culture. But if we are intentional, or if we are available, available. I think that's what the Samaritan demonstrates availability, a heart that is available to care. A mind that is willing to be as creative as needed to figure out what needs to be done. And some confidence. Maybe that kind of confidence, that quality of confidence that is born out of faith in God. Maybe we can just call it holy courage. Holy courage to reach out and to touch one or a situation or circumstances that quite frankly are kind of messy. Hmm? That maybe others in the world would say shouldn't be bothered with or shouldn't be touched or shouldn't be embraced. He finds within himself that power and I believe it is a godly power with a simple, defining reality, love. I'm enjoying this bulletin cover today. You're, uh, yeah, that darkness can't cast out darkness and that hate can't cast out hate. Only love can do that. The power of godly love at work in our hearts in our minds can do exceedingly more than we may even realize until we find ourselves taking the risk to recognize a neighbor to care not just with words the lawyer you know rattle off the commandment he knew what was required He spoke it quickly and plainly. Love God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with your strength, with your soul. And love neighbor as self. But it was that doing. Hmm? You know, it was that doing. It was that getting around to doing. I was telling folks earlier that my grandmother, as a grandma, as a mom, as a farmer's wife, seemed to be always busy. As a kid, it just it was amazing to me. I could never get up early enough to beat her up, to get up before her. And it seemed like I could never stay up late enough to see her falling asleep. It seemed that she was just always up and about and doing something. Something that was translated into a clear expression of love and caring. But often while she was doing her work, no matter what, it was whether out in the yard or, or or in her garden or 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 there in the house, she was singing. And one of the things I remember from her most, she'd say, If you can do anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord, take my feet. Touch my mouth, Lord, speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, Lord. Take my feet. Touch my mouth, Lord. Speak through me. If you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. None of us, not a one of us, is so without. Gift and capacity and value that we don't have something that God can use for the building of this kingdom of God this beloved community of God that's our work that's our opportunity by the grace of God and it is true it is true that racism and prejudice and hatred and bigotry, these things, yes, work against that, that creating and that sustaining of the beloved community. And I believe with all my heart, our God would not have it to be so. Our God is an overcoming God. Who has woven us together. King called it. A a garment of destiny. Woven together we are. For a godly purpose. And it transforms. And it changes. And it restores. And it renews. In ways more amazing. And more marvelous. And we have yet to fully see. Our work is yet completed. We've got more to do. God's blessings to you.